You're listening to Shalise's podcast. Well, we are here for part four, you guys, of New Covenant Prophecy. And today we're going to go deep and we're going to go, we're going to make it real. So let's pray and let's hop in. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for yet another broadcast where we get the opportunity to dive deep into what you are saying to us today. We thank you that your heart is towards us because you live in us and you know all about us, Father. You know the number of hairs on our head. You know uh, the thoughts that we're going to think them before we even think them and the words that we're going to speak them before they come out of our mouth. There's nothing that is hidden from your sight, Father. And so today we want to dive into the goodness of the gospel and how it relates to uh, prophecy, Father. And we want to we want to get your heart, Father, around how we can begin to just detox completely from the illusion of separation from you, Father, and step into that place where we have a lens uh, to view scripture through. We have a lens to view ourselves through, Father, that is rooted and grounded in the good news that Christ is in us. So, Father, take us where we want to go, where you want to go, and we're going to follow your lead today. Open our eyes, open our heart, Father, to receive uh, everything that you have for us. Renew our minds, shift our perspectives, and lead and guide us into the truth, Holy Spirit, today that sets us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We're wrapping up this series today. Can you believe it? I feel like these series go so quickly. Uh, but this has been, I think, a pretty interesting series. And I, I wanted to wrap it up today and have a discussion a little bit on the importance of us, number one, detoxing from the illusion of separation in our lives. And I kind of want to warn you a little bit, because when you start to get a, a, a really a union-centric lens, that says that um, it is no longer you that lives, right? That this idea that you have a an identity that is apart from Christ is a complete deception. And the reason I want to kind of focus on this to start this morning is because so much of the prophetic movement that we find ourselves here in 2020, and not just the prophetic movement, movement, honestly, but I can tell you in our worship songs, in the sermons that we hear, I tell you, they are really steeped in this religious idea that uh, you somehow are separate from God. And the reason that this is important, right, is because when we relate to God out of an, out of an identity that is separate from him, there's a lot of problems that arise from that. And um, one of the things that arises from it is just this relationship with God that um, is is honestly a deception, right? Instead of us taking our rightful place in Christ and and living from the perspective where we are seated in, with him in heavenly places, we kind of locate ourselves not only separate from God, but separate from the spirit realm, right? And we end up worshiping God from this place where we're kind of earthbound, trapped in the seen realm, and God is in the spirit. He's somewhere up in heaven, and our prayers and our worships are trying to reach God somewhere that is outside of ourselves. And this is a real big problem, right? Because it is a deception. Because the truth is, you are not separated from God. Christ is in you. You guys hear me talk about it, right? I'm Shalise in a Jesus suit. I'm Jesus in a Shalise suit. And that's exactly true for you as well, right? 
You know, you're Jesus in Arlene suit. You're Jesus in a Diane suit. You're Jesus in a Bob suit, whatever your name might be. I mean, Christ is located in you. You are Jesus with skin on. And so many times when we approach uh, anything that we do, in, you know, in Christian activity, right? Whether that's reading prophetic words or studying um, our scriptures, or that's participating in Bible studies or going to church, right? Or worshiping at any time. We are just, we don't even realize that we're doing it. I mean, I had a, a speaking engagement uh, recently and, you know, it's all I can do sometimes to just sit in the worship songs that we're singing. I mean, they are so um, old covenant um, based, right? We, we, we relate to God like we're David, right? We, we read the Psalms and and we, we think of things like, oh, you know, my desire you know, one thing do I seek, one thing do I run after, and that's to, you know, be in your presence all the days of my life. And David, you know, needed to pray that because he was going to a physical temple and the physical temple was where the, the presence of God was. The presence of God was in the Holy of Holies, but you are now the Holy of Holies and the presence of God is in you. The presence of God rests upon you. And so I really want to um, just focus a little bit today about just this that we must gain a lens of union so that we can actually discern the things that are coming in our ears, the things that are coming towards us in prophetic words, the things that are coming towards us in sermons that we're hearing and teachings that we're hearing and in the worship songs that we're singing, because they can keep you, um, they can perpetuate, frankly, an identity that is separate from God. You know, I, before this podcast, I really hoped that I was going to be able to locate some prophecies and actually point this stuff out to you. And I went and I looked and I read a couple, but I just, you know, I, I, I decided to go a different direction and just talk about it from an overall problem. Okay. Let me talk, you know, before we hop into that, uh, I, I was mentioning some of the things that happen when you live out of a separated identity, right? One is a prayer issue, right? One is a worship issue. We're, we're trying to reach out to God somewhere outside of ourselves, right? This is also this idea of seeking. We're going to seek God. Well, how can you seek something that is inside of you? Like you've already been found. You've been found in Christ. And so finding God just is literally as simple as shifting your awareness to the fact that you are one with God right now, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you are uh, filled with his spirit right now. And when you connect to that truth, guess what? You experience that truth. Okay. Another big problem that happens when we live out of an identity that is separate from God is that we begin to have a relationship with good and evil, right? We, 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 we start to try to work for blessings that, um, God wants to, 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 you know, that we think God wants to give us, but we try to, we try to earn things. We strive to do things, right? We try to be good. Um, and we feel bad when we're bad, right? And so we have this works mentality and a self-judgment mentality that we operate in. And so we, we struggle with things like guilt. We struggle with things like condemnation. When the truth is, is that there is no righteousness apart from Christ. And so all of this activity of trying to be good and trying to please God and feeling bad when we're bad and even getting into this, you know, cycle of confessing our sins and being sin focused, all of that activity is coming from a place that is not 
in union with Jesus and not uh, receiving and living out of the free gift of righteousness that is yours in Christ. You are righteous, you are holy, you are perfect because of your union with Jesus. And so any type of sermon, any type of prophecy, any type of worship song that has you located out here in a weak, powerless, separated place is a deception, you guys. And what happens when you start to get this union of, of, of this union lens, you guys, I, I, I hate to say it, but it starts to ruin you. It starts to ruin a lot of things that we have and a lot of activities that we've participated in in our Christian walk. In fact, I know when my students go through Emerge, it's one of the things they say. They're like, oh my gosh, I just can't sit under these same teachings anymore. I can't listen to these worship songs anymore that talk about me being desperate for you or me being, you know, something less than who I am in Christ. And that's a good thing. That's a sign that you're actually detoxing from religion because religion's root, right, is in separation. It's in, sep in a separated identity. And, you know, the thing about prophecy is that it's here to actually edify, it's here to encourage, it's here to build you up into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. So good prophecy, good sermons, good worship songs come from the place of that the bride of Christ is in union with Jesus and the bride of Christ looks just like Jesus. You know, a couple of these sermons, you know, I mean, not sermons, a couple of these prophecies that I was just reading through this morning in preparation for my podcast today. I'm telling you, they were, they had things like returning to your first love, um, uh, you know, draw unto me. These like, these like popular Christian phrases that we say, you know, like that, returning to your first love. Like somehow we, we got out of Christ and we got lost again. Right? I'm not saying that our mindsets do not cause us to feel separated from God. I'm not saying that our mindsets don't cause us to locate ourselves apart from God. But how do we return to our first love when Jesus is walking around in our skin every day? Like, where are we returning to? The truth is, and most of these things, I mean, they have words like, you know, returning to the altar of where you gave your life to God and all of these things. And truthfully, it's a waste of time because you're trying to get something that you already have rather than just developing an awareness that Jesus is perpetually in me. Jesus is perpetually with me because he's in me. You know, when Jesus said, I mean, even, you know, um, Psalm 139, when David said, where can I go from your presence is better than that because there's nowhere we can hide because our lives, our true lives are hidden in Christ. Mind renewal is the only thing that is left for us to do, guys. Uh, we are we are here to actually awaken to the reality of the kingdom within us. And it is not an effort for us to try to get something or try to be something. It's simply an awareness that we are something. And that's really the problem with so many things that we're inundated with in Western Christianity. I mean, I was listening to, like I said, at this recent thing that I was teaching at, I mean, it literally had, it was a song uh, by Casting Crowns, right? And that's a popular, and I'm not trying to, you know, dish 
casting crowns, but it was talking about like, I'm just a, 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 a flower that withers and I'm just, you know, it's had all of these things about like that aren't true about us. Right. And yes, it was, it was good in the sense that it was saying that God loves us, that God is always loving us, that I, you know, his love, he loves me in spite of all of that. But truthfully, it, it's not like we're this person that is a sinful, uh, you know, apart from Christ, separated person and God showering his love upon us somewhere outside of himself. No, God loved us so much that he put us in himself and made us his home. And that is the good news of the gospel. And so these songs and these prophecies are constantly um, conditioning us to stay in a place of separation. And so it's so very, very important that we find teachings, we find worship songs, we find new covenant finished work, gospel saturated resources that enforce and reinforce who we are in Christ. You know, a lot of times I post on these on my blog, right? When I post the, the podcast, I'll post um, a list of scriptures. It's called my new identity in Christ. And it's like a page and a half of scriptures that tell us the truth about who we are. And honestly, you would have a much better day, a much better week, a much better life if instead of listening to all of these like Christian themed things that perpetuate an identity of separation, that you actually just took those scriptures and just spoke them over yourself every single day and meditated on those truths every single day. Really, we have to have a lens of interpretation so that when we uh, when we hear something, right, is this is this aligned with the gospel? Just because it says Jesus in it, just because it says Father in it, just because it it acts like it's a Christian, doesn't mean that it's the gospel. And Paul was really, really, really strong in his rebuke of gospels that were not saturated in the union message. He said, if anyone preaches a gospel that isn't aligned with the one that I'm preaching, he said, let them be accursed. I mean, these are really strong words from the apostle Paul. Why? Because it's damaging. It is damaging when we are inundated with mixture, when we have old covenant and we have new covenant mixed in together, because here's the problem. That's how deception works. Deception takes something that's true and just distorts it a little bit, right? It's That's what the word wicked is. It just means it's just distorted. It's twisted in just a little bit. And when something is twisted just a little bit, it ceases to be good news. It ceases to be the gospel and it actually anti-Christ. It's anti-gospel. And I know these are strong words, but guys, this is a huge, huge problem in Western Christianity. We are constantly, uh, we, we are inundated with things constantly that cause us to have a low self-esteem. They cause us to operate out of an identity that is less than Christ. And, and what the scriptures teach us, uh, teach us is that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. I mean, these are radical statements. In fact, if you are someone that embraces the truth of the gospel, it's not uncommon for us to even be accused to be prideful, right? Because wait a minute, who are you? You know, who are you to think that you're like Jesus? You know what? You're just a sinner. You're saved by grace. Maybe you're ba barely going to make it to heaven. 
like somehow we make it to heaven based upon our own righteousness. And you guys, self-righteousness, having a goodness apart of God from God, in fact, having a badness, right? Having being a good person, being a bad person doesn't exist because now we're in Christ. And our righteousness, our goodness is found in our identification with him. I know I say this all, all the time, but we are co-identified in Christ. We are, we are crucified with Christ, right? The apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me, right? We're crucified. Jesus sees us crucified with him. And not only crucified, but resurrected, right? Colossians 3.1 says Jesus's resurrection, Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too. We have died to the old sin nature. We have been crucified. That old man, that, that good and bad religious, uh, self-righteous person was crucified. And we've been raised to do new, new life. And now all that's left to do, it says in Colossians 3.1, is set our minds on things above. We need to think upon the things that are true, heaven's realities, kingdom's realities, the truth that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. I mean, how many sermons, how many things do we listen to on a regular basis that empower a disempowered devil? Right. I mean, the, the warfare culture that we live in in Western Christianity glorifies the devil so much rather than glorifying Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus is the lawful owner of all things in Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 1. It talks about how he is seated far above powers, far above principalities, far above anything that would be the kingdom of darkness. We're not even in the kingdom of darkness. Colossians chapter one says he's reconciled all things to himself, that God was in Christ reconciling the world, reconciling the cosmos to himself, you guys, and that now he's the preeminent one. There's no other name above his name. He told his disciples, Jesus did before he ascended, you know, all power, all authority has been given unto me. Now go and make disciples of all men. Right. And so we have become so enemy focused. We've become so separated focused rather than sitting down and resting in the finished works of Jesus, sitting down and resting in the new creation, recognizing that the whole universe, the seen realm, all of creation now is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because the sons of God need to know who they are. Why? Because the sons of God are here to dominate. They're here to rule and reign in Christ over creation as the body of Christ, right? The body is connected to the head. Even by very definition, the body of Christ is connected to the head. That's a, a picture of oneness. And all the body's job is to do is just stay aware of the head, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, be led by the Spirit. And as we do that, we expand the kingdom. But here's what happens when we live out of that separated identity. Number one, we're unstable, right? Sometimes we feel close to God. Sometimes we feel far from God. Sometimes we, we suffer under these emotions that are coming from wrong mindsets. They're coming out of an old identity. They're coming from programming that we picked up from the pattern of this world. And guess what? The pattern of the world and living trapped in the seen realm, 
trying to operate in our human intellect, you know what? It can be depressing. It isn't the place that we that we live and move and have our being in God. It's not the place where we're abiding in the vine and the fruit of Holy Spirit are, is just naturally flowing through us because we're just staying in the awareness and the presence of the completed work of Jesus. And the fact that we are no longer sinners, we no longer have a sin nature. No, we are righteous in nature. That's why there's no condemnation for them that are in Jesus. You know, and it doesn't grieve me. I know the Apostle Paul said this. It's not grievous to me to remind you of these things over and over again. I mean, sometimes I feel like I get on and say the same things in the podcast like 10 million different ways. But the truth is we need to hear the gospel every single day. We need to reconnect with the truth every single day. This is why connecting to messages and prophecies and worship is so very dangerous because when you're renewing your mind, right, you have to have a repetitive uh, diet. You have to hear this stuff on repeat. And because we've heard separation our entire lives, we haven't heard the gospel from the perspective of you were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world meaning you were in him before creation, before Adam fell, that your your true identity, your origin is in the glory of God. Your origin is not in Adam. Your origin is in Jesus. You know, but we don't hear that. We hear we are sinners. We're separated from God. And Jesus came to die for our sins. No, Jesus came to recreate the human race. And from God's perspective, it was done before the foundation of the world. And our identity is everything. And so if you're going to hear prophetic words, you need to hear words that remind you of the truth. And you need to operate out of a place where you've been, your mind has been so renewed to the union that you have with God, that you live in the middle of his triune love that you, your mind is so renewed that when you read scripture, you read it through that lens. You know, I remember when, you know, growing up, let me use an example. I think it's from John 14. Let me pull it up. But it talks about, you know, in my father's house, there are many mansions, right? How many of you, I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt, right? I grew up in Texas. I grew up singing a lot of hymns, right? I grew up singing this one from John 14, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where you'll never grow old, right? So we, we talked about John 14, like it was some future reality that I've got some, you know, crib, some, you know, crib of the rich style, rich and the famous, right? Whatever those shows are, lifestyles of the rich and famous. They used to have that show, right? Cribs on MTV, where you'd go into these houses. I know they have like AD, the tour of all the Hollywood stars homes, right? And someday when we get to heaven, we're going to have a mansion too. But that's not what John 14 is saying. When you have a lens to read scripture through or to hear prophecy through that is union centric, these scriptures mean completely different things, right? In John 14, I'm going to read it in the King James Version. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So when you read this, you think, oh, right, I've got a mansion in heaven. But no, 
This isn't talking about mansions in heaven. It's talking about union with Jesus. What, what he's saying is, and in my father's house, in my father's personhood, right? The house of God is us. The temple of God is us. So when we read in scriptures about temples and about houses, we need to recognize that that's about us. And so when they say in the father's house, there's many mansions, that mansion is you. In the father's house, there are many glorious houses. That's you. You are the mansion in the father's house. And Jesus said, if it wasn't so, I would have told you, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where is that place for you? Inside of the father. He says, I will come again and I'll receive you to myself. You're going to be in me. And that's where you're going to dwell. So these houses, these dwelling places that are in the Father that Jesus went to prepare is the place that you live inside of God. It's not, you know, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright place where we'll never grow old, right? This, this, is, a, this is a union gospel that, that Jesus is teaching in John 14. And it goes down here and he says, you know, he talks about if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you go in verse 20 right now, um, let me just see uh, uh, where I want to go here. Um, he says, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This is after he's leaving. Oh, wait, 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, the world will see me no more, but you see, because I live, and you will live also. Um, and verse 23 said, if a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come to him, and make our abode with him, make our home with him. And so you just begin to read scripture different when you have detox from this illusion. You begin to recognize separation everywhere. I, I kind of joke sometimes and I always say, you know, I'm the union police and I don't mean to be the union police. It's not necessarily a job that I, you know, applied for because I wanted to take it. It's just what happened. As I detox from the illusion of separation, I see separation in all things all the time. And I just can't hardly stand it anymore. I, I mean, it's to the place that it's hard for me to sit in, in environments, right? Where this is be, where we're discussing these things, where we're debating these things, because it's an established fact in my heart. And my mind has been renewed to the truth of Christ in me. You know, we've talked about it, right? I took a whole year and just meditated on one scripture, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And then I took a whole nother year and meditated on the scripture that I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ. And I'll tell you, when you take those scriptures, you know, 248, I think that's the right number, times in, in the New Testament, there's scriptures about in him, by him, through him, all of this union language, it's there in plain sight. But when we read the, the scriptures and we read prophecies and we read or we sing worship songs, that have us separated from God, trying to get to God, trying to find God, seeking God, desperate for God, hungry for God, right? It, it reinforces that separation. And so what I wanna say is I just want you guys 
to to also get into that place where you can no longer stomach that message, right? It's not meat. Heck, it's not even milk, right? Milk is the word of righteousness and righteousness is a gift in Christ. Those that receive an abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness shall reign as kings in life, right? Romans chapter five. So when you receive that gift of righteousness and you receive that abundance of grace, guess what? You're drinking the milk of the sincere word of God. You are, you are getting, you are growing into the fullness of the stature of Christ because you're growing in the reality that you are a vessel. You are a branch. You are a house. You are a temple. You are the dwelling place, the, the conduit of God. And, and this is so, so very important because if we do not operate out of our true identity, well then forget living your purpose. You can't even receive really who God has created you to be and the work that God has created you to do in a false identity because the false identity can't do the works of God. A false identity cannot allow the father to do the works through them. And that's the way our purpose is discovered. That's the way our purpose is fulfilled. We must get our identity straight and operate in union with God as a way of being so that we can allow God to move through us so that we can get out of the way. We can truly live a crucified life. And it's not about dying daily, right? Because when you're dying daily, you're still in the old men. It's about just recognizing I'm dead. Just you're already dead. You're not trying to die. You were crucified. You weren't partially crucified. You weren't, you know, left there for 2000 years still trying to die. No, you were dead. You're dead. You've been, you're tied to this life has been severed once and for all. You're not under the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. You're not under that because you're in Christ. And when you are in Christ and you have that idea of putting on Christ, putting on the new man, meaning renewing your mind, being renewed in the spirit of your mind so that you know that you know that you know at a subconscious level that you are one with Jesus. Well, heck, now we can go about the father's business. Now we can go about doing the same works that Jesus did. Now we can actually live supernaturally because it's no longer us that's living. And Jesus is simply expressing his life through us. See, the Christian life is just a, a process of remembering. It's just remembering the gospel. It's just remembering the truth. It's learning it. It's renewing our minds to it and then living out of it. And when we saturate ourselves in separated theology, when we saturate ourselves in teachings that are saturated with um, the notion that somehow we have to do something to get to God, that we have to pray, we have to fast. No, prayer happens in union with God where it's not even you speaking anymore. Prayer is prophetic. Prayer is speaking the, the solution of God into situations. It's knowing the strategy of God and operating in faith to, to move into whatever God is asking you to do in whatever situation. And this is the way Jesus operated. He only did what he saw the father doing. I mean, and sometimes that meant waiting, waiting, not doing anything, right? He waited three days before he went and raised Lazarus from the dead. Why? Because I guess the father was waiting for three days, right? He Maybe he didn't want Jesus to actually heal Lazarus because that wasn't the miracle he wanted to, to perform. The father wanted to show that Jesus was the resurrection, that he was the life. And so therefore, 
It took Lazarus actually going into the tomb and being called forth out of the tomb. Everything that Jesus did, he did it because he saw the Father doing it. And so Christian life is simply getting into that place of recognizing this truth and drinking of the Spirit and drinking of the from the ever flowing from the infinite streams of the rivers of life that are already inside of us, right? It's recognizing that when we pray in the spirit, when we pray in tongues, it's not us praying. Why? Because the Holy Spirit and our spirit are praying. That is a union-based activity, man, because it's not us. It's not coming out of our mind. It's not coming out of our intellect. It's not coming out of our physical senses. It's coming straight out of the spirit. And then it's learning how to pray in the spirit and pray in our understanding, how to speak the things into the spirit and then interpret those things because we interpret tongues in the same way that we, in the same place that we hear God all the time. We interpret dreams from the same place where we're hearing God all the time. Our position in Christ, our union with Jesus is what gives us access to activated spiritual senses. That's why we're not blind in the spirit. That's why we aren't deaf in the spirit. Why? Because our spirit is joined to the Lord. And Jesus isn't blind. Jesus isn't deaf. Jesus doesn't have problems operating in the spirit. It's our mind that gets in the way because we are not renewed to the truth of our oneness with God and our perpetual oneness with God, right? When we have consciousness of sin, yes, we can confess our sins, but it's just to clear our conscience, right? Because the blood of Jesus purges our conscience from every dead work. And it's our conscience, it's our subconscious minds that need to be purged. You are holy, you are blameless, and we are purging you of all of these things that are interfering with you being in Christ. And so this is a very different lens by which we live in. And if we are going from sermon to sermon, worship song to worship song, prophecy to prophecy, eating a diet that is steeped in separation from God, well, we're going to experience more of that because what we reinforce in our lives grows. And so it's time to begin to get reinforced in the gospel, beloved. It's time to solidify your understanding of the gospel. It's time to solidify your identity by meditating on things that are lovely and pure, by setting your mind on things that are above and getting all your eyes off of the old man. We put it off. We put it off of our minds. We, 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 we just basically recognize that that is no longer true and we step back into union with Jesus. You know, one of the things that I trained my students to do is to create some positive triggers. And what do I mean by trigger? I mean, create some, some, some things that you have in your life that remind you of the truth, whether that's setting an alarm on your phone once an hour that says, hey, you know what? Christ in you is the hope of glory or says you are seated in heavenly places in Christ or says Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. But reminders to be like, oh yeah, I'm one with Jesus right now. And to take some, you know, presence breaks or test, you know, take some union with God breaks throughout the day and just connect with your union with Jesus. Close your eyes and imagine, wow, I am seated in the heavens right now in Christ. Wow, I am in Christ right now. For me, I do a quick visualization where I just think about Jesus's, you know, nail scars being on my hands and I just see them in the spirit. I just close my eyes and I see it. Oh man, Jesus, your hands are my hands. These are not normal human hands. 
man, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me right this minute. My goodness, resurrection power is in me right now. I have Jesus in me. That means I have wisdom. I have the mind of Christ. I am whole. I'm complete in Christ. And you notice, guys, these scriptures are just pouring out of me because I've taken the time to get them in my heart. And that is so critical because who I am to be on the planet requires that I live out of my true identity. And I'm not saying that I never fall back into separated thinking, but I will tell you, it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't take me long to get back in, right? I get in Christ and I, my goal is to stay in Christ because living over here to be carnally minded is death. To be living out of the old mind, guess what? It's not a place of joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And so if I want to feel good, I need to stay in heaven. I need to stay in Christ. I need to stay connected to the vine. I need to stay in the place where I have a source that's not of this other, uh, not of this world. And guys, we can, you can train yourselves to do this. You can train yourself. In Hebrews chapter five, it talks about that those that are spiritually mature are those who have, uh, uh, trained, right? They have learned to discern good and e good and evil by reason of use of their spiritual senses. So you can train your spiritual senses. You can practice this. And it's so much more important to be practicing these truths than be living out of the depressed, carnal thinking that we can live in and then just try to get, you know, a little word of encouragement from the worship song, you know, just you know, I'm finding God and then we, you know, we get a feeling and then guess what? It, it goes away, right? We feel good on Sundays and then we feel like, you know, we feel terrible during the week, right? So, you know, this is a perpetual truth that we want to train ourselves to live in. And so I just encourage you guys that just begin to look at it because when you begin to program yourself, you begin to stay connected and meditate on your identity in Christ and this union that you have with God, I will tell you, you will begin to also, also begin to recognize this religious, this religious idea of separation from God all over the place. And unfortunately, but fortunately, you will no longer be able to st stomach it. It's like you eat some food that's been spoiled or something and you get food poisoning. Why? Because religion is toxic. Separation from God is toxic. It causes us to feel terrible and you can never arrive. You can never be good enough. You can never please God. You can never get close to God. You are always seeking, always seeking, always seeking rather than resting, rather than knowing, rather than having the assurance that comes with it is finished, that this is a completed work that you've been baptized into Christ and you're not being de-baptized. You're not being re-crucified. You're not dying right? You're dead, you're alive in Christ, and now you are glorified in him because when we see Jesus, guess what? We begin to recognize who we are. So let me just read one last place today. I want to read um, Colossians 3 um, verse, ooh, what can I see this? Hold on, I have a new Bible app because the Passion Translation is no longer on Bible Gateway, unfortunately. So let me go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And I want to read, I'm going to read down to verse 
4, okay, it says this, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Now listen to verse four. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him and his glory. So beloved, my prayer for you this week is that you will make it <laughs> your concerted effort to keep yourself saturated in the truth of who you are in Christ and that you will begin to operate with enlightened eyes that know the hope of your calling and that you will be able to discern the religious lie of separation and begin to detox from all of that toxic nonsense that relationship with the rules, that trying to be good apart from Christ, that feeling bad that you're not good apart from Christ, that you will set all of that aside and you will be able to enjoy the sweet communion that comes when you know that you know that you know that you are the forgiven, that you are as Jesus is in this world, not because of anything that you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And you can begin to exalt Jesus, thank Jesus, praise God from this place, and your faith will become effectual as you acknowledge all of the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. You will operate in faith accidentally. You won't try to have to muster it up because it will no longer even be your faith. It will be his faith. It will be God's faith operating through you. So um, the new app that I'm using, by the way, I thought I'd let you guys know this, it just is called the you app, I think. I mean, it just says Holy Bible on it, but it's like the you version. And so the, the, the Passion Translation is still on it. So God bless you guys. Have a supernatural week and we will see you next time. Love you so much. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalisa's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.